Craft Beer Radio, episode 80, the day after the summer solstice, June 22nd, 2007. Craft Beer Radio, the show dedicated to craft beer and the craft brewing industry. I'm Jeff Bear. We are dedicated, aren't we? I'm Absolutely. Greg Weiss. We've done like four shows in a row. We're <laughs> <Absolutely>. dedicated. <laughs> yeah, so we missed the summer solstice show because Greg had a party with druids or something yesterday. I'm not sure what the something, details were on that. It was crazy. You should have been there. But uh, we are doing quads. We are continuing our Belgian flight with the uh, quadruple. You know, singles, doubles, triples. Here we go with quads. Now, quads are, well, what are quads? They are intense, dark, free, sweet, expensive. Expensive, certainly. <laughs> High in alcohol. They are the, many people consider the, the sort of epitome of Belgian style. Inspired by the Trappist Brewers of Belgium, quadruple is a Belgian style of ale of great strength and bolder flavor compared to its double and triple sister styles. Typically, a dark creation that ranges within the deep red, brown, and garnet hues. Full-bodied and rich, multi-palate phenols are usually at a moderate level, sweet with a low bitterness, yet well-perceived alcohol. Nine to thirteen percent, and I think you're going to typically run around ten to twelve with these. So, high alcohol, very strong beers should have a lot of flavor to, to digest. Not you're not going to let it get a lot of hot bitterness or anything like that, and it's just going to be. It's not straightforward, but very complex. Last week we were talking about temperatures to drink beers at. This is going to be one of the warmer ones. Yes, you would want this to be somewhere in the range of six, you know, 55, 60 degrees probably. Yeah, 55, 50 to 55 is the recommendation, but I would probably like it warmer than that. Yeah. This We are drinking them in snifters this time. We could use goblets. Either one works. Uh, I think we just use snifters because they look cooler. They feel cooler when you're drinking them. Yeah, they're more fun to drink from. I like snifters better. So right now we have, in our glasses, we have the Weyerbacher Quad. They're from eastern Pennsylvania. I mean, what we can say about Weyerbacher is what we said about them before in the past. Yep. We used to really not like their beers, and uh, they change up. Maybe they got a new brewer. They change their formulations. They've been better ever since. Um, right. Up there with some, of, I mean, some of their beers are really up there with some of the best. So, good on you, Weyerbacher. But let's see how your quad tastes. This beer is simply called Quad. Now it's uh, kind of uh, brownish red in hue. Twelve point two percent alcohol by volume. We're going to be feeling it by the end of this one. Hope you enjoyed the triple show. This is going to be more of the same. <laughs> we'll try not to do any Chris Walken impersonations. With it has kind of orange highlights on it, and it smells very good, very deep, um, so, sort of sort of woody and alcoholic. Yeah, there's uh, this alcoholic malt flavor. It's sweet and caramelly and toffee and. All kinds of good Yeah, there's all kinds of good smells coming off this. Wish you could smell. Once they invent Smell-O-Vision for podcasts, or Smell-O-Listen. Struck me as a little light at first, and then it really hits you near the end. Yeah, I mean, the mouthfeel does feel a little bit light for something you'd expect this much, but it's not watery by any means. 
And then, wow, that alcohol really does hit you, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. Wow. The, the flavor on it is a bunch of fruit flavors. Dark. I mean, kind of like the flavors we always describe with stouts and porters mm-hmm. and dark fruits, but it has a different angle on it because there's not that roasted Right, there's, not, the, there, there's not roastedness accompanying with it, so you kind of get the fruitiness and sort of uh, a sugary sweetness with it as well. Mm-hmm. But I'm tasting things like uh, prunes... And other kinds of dried fruit in here. Goji berries. <laughs> hmm. How do you describe this? I mean, trying to think of a specific fruit. You, could, you know, maybe you could even go into melon with this. Okay. Like, yeah, I think. Um, maybe sort of cantaloupe. Not quite as tangy, but a little bit of... Uh, a little bit of some of that flavor. Let me see if I can get cantaloupe. I don't disagree. It, it's hard to really pick it out because cantaloupe is such a smooth texture. Mm-hmm. And the CO2 on this is prickly. Yeah. So it's really hard to taste it. But I think behind that CO2, I can kind of pick out the cantaloupe flavor. Just mm. Flavors like along those lines that are kind of you know sweet and earthy. Mm-hmm. I think that you know melons... Of course, there are no true cantaloupes you can get in the United States. Oh, really? They're all muskmelons. Interesting. This doesn't sound very good. But uh, they are good, so what are you going to do? Grand champion of the 2000 and 2004 United States Beer Tasting Championship, Weyerbacher Quad was the first quadruple-style beer to be commercially bottled and brewed in the United States. Hmm. I did not know that. Neither did I. December 2002, Quad won Mid-Atlantic Champion in the U.S. Beer Tasting Championships for the third year in a row. They say 11.8% here, as opposed to the 12 that we got from Beer Advocate. So, who knows? Let's see if the label gives us any clues. They so, say you can you can uh, store this for three to five years. This is double the, this beer is double as good because it has two labels stuck on it. <laughs> it got kind of stuck in the label, it looks like. They also recommend that you leave it for a period of six to 12 months in the bottle before you drink it. Okay. So they they recommend you you store it for a while. And they, they, like we said, I mean, these beers, this is a style that can st- sit for a while. But you got to be careful when you do that because you do not want to get them too oxidized. In fact, that's why we're drinking uh, West Letterin tonight because we don't want it to get too oxidized way in the future. Yeah. Who knows? It, it could even be too late. But hopefully it's delicious. Yeah. Hopefully it's got even better and be like, oh, man, this is the number one beer in the world. <laughs> it rocks. This is an eminently enjoyable style. It's it's a <laughs> yeah. It's certainly a sipper. It's, it's a sipper. A sipper. And I think that didn't need to be said. Yeah, it's just it, it's got so much to it that you know you can sort of just dive into it and just sort of explore its complexities. Like I'm casing a little bit of nutmeg here, uh, kind of a little bit of a woody, almost cedar like taste at certain points. As I'm getting further through my sample, the um, that taste of the fermented candy sugar. That kind of t- talky type flavor starting to build up my tongue a little bit. Hmm. Starting to get more of that, and as it builds up, it's less and less pleasant. It's not like something that I really want on my tongue. There, can't say the same's happening for me. The alcohol burning on this one is um, it's quite evident, and you know it really does give rise to some of those like, like I said, cedar-like tastes. Mm-hmm. 
You know, that, that's primarily because of the alcohol. Same with some of the nutmeg spiciness. But some of that's also phenols that you get from the yeast. The aroma in this thing is still very nice, though. It's it's warmer now. It's getting a little bit spicier in the aroma. Those phenols are starting to vaporize. We just got an email from Joe, listener Joe, Joe from Rochester, Joe Gonzalez from Rochester, New York. He says, listen to your triple show. I notice on several of your shows you occasionally get infected beer. I just can't believe you have infected beer. I don't think any brewery out there would ship an infected beer. And besides, it happens to you guys way too often. Well, I mean, we do drink a lot of beers here, a lot of different stuff, so... Yeah, but there's a lot of our listeners probably drink more beer than we do. Okay, I, yeah, maybe. But we get beer from all over the country, too, They that, that could be in bad situations or bad... Yeah, I don't know. I mean, maybe we're horribly but you, unlucky. But, but then he was again, curious. you don't get infected out, you know, once you're in the bottle. <laughs> he, so. was, he was curious if, you know, we were mistaking infection for skunking or oxidation or something like that. Maybe some of the times, but like the last couple of times, absolutely was not from skunk or oxidation. He says, usually an infection in the bottle would create a noticeable ring around the meniscus of the fluid in the neck of the bottle. I'm sure certain bacteria would do that, maybe not all. Yeah, I mean, that'd be hardcore infection right yeah. there. That'd be something you would not want to drink. <laughs> I, I mean, a visible infection, I'm sure no no beer company would ever ship. But if, if something got slightly infected, and maybe... Maybe even in, in the bottling process, only got in a couple batches or even just a couple bottles, which can happen. Yeah, I mean, it could happen. And, yeah, it, it, like I said, it, it was surprising to us that, you know, to get an infected commercial beer is not the majority of beers for sure. It's a, it's a you know, it's essentially small minority, but it must happen or we're just very unlucky. Or the other possibility is they designed their beer to taste like that. And we just Like sewer like drain. <laughs> Yeah, sure they did. Some hey, you know they have people who, or, or the European companies ship their beer in, in green bottles because Americans are. For a while, they thought Americans expected that skunkiness. Right now, I think they're coming around. Right, for yeah, the most part. So uh, he also says he's surprised to hear how much I like the Dark Lord. Talk about a stick to your tongue mess of a beer. Are you sure he's not confusing you with me? Because I'm the guy that who generally doesn't like that stickiness. It could be. Uh, I, I think I explained when I was drinking it that I generally don't like that stickiness, but the Dark Lord was so unique that it kind of overcame that. Yeah, it was just. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it was certainly not sticky sweet. It was full bodied. Like you mentioned, it was like melted ice cream. Right. You know, it was just so thick. He, he finds it an undrinkable beer. And unfortunately, he has 17 bottles aging in his cellar. He bought them because of the hype without actually trying it first. And he says before any of us ask, no, we can't have them. If you don't like them. (laughs) (laughs) Too bad. I mean, well, if you had the one that was without the sludge, that they took the sludge out, then you can keep them. Yeah, yeah, we don't want the ones we had last year. The the sludgeless Dark Lord, that was... That was not exciting. Yeah, Dark Lord without the sludge just wasn't. It just wasn't that great of a beer, I don't think. And in, in the same way that, like, probably Alaskan smoked porter, it's not going to be an especially awesome porter without the smokiness. I don't know if I'd say that, but I understand what your point of view were. It's missing its trademark right. item, and we've only had two Dark Lords: one sand sludge and one with sludge, and. Uh, you like the sludge. The sludge wins. The yeah. sludge wins that competition. Okay, well, um, we're almost done with this one. Let's move on to the Bernardus. So the next beer is from uh, St. Bernardus. 
We love their triple last time. Their triple was uh, excellent. Yes. Pricey little beer, six seventy five for this tiny <laughs> like little Like we bottle. said, these are expensive. This is a 230 milliliter bottle. One of those tiny European ones. Um, six seventy five at the beer store that has awesome prices. I don't know what it would be down at these, but probably ten. This pours a lot darker than the Weyerbacher quad. I mean, you're talking black with brown highlights. This pours a little bit more quad-like from what I you know think a quad looks like. Dark brown, dark Belgian double color. It's kind of a a much more base malty aroma, much kind of almost muddy in this aroma. Yeah, it does have a more yeasty aroma. Yeah. I was getting a really... Well, I'm not getting there any the alcohol. alcohol. I was getting this really subtle aroma. It was kind of alcohol blending with something. It was fascinating, but I can't I can't smell it anymore. Hmm. I'm just glad I can smell. Yeah, you're not stuffed up today. This is a nice laid-back show with 12% beers. Hmm. Okay, so the flavor on this beer is significantly different. Hmm. has a little bit of a... Bite. Yeah. It's, um, I like it. I'm just trying to figure out how to describe it. It, it's kind of, <laughs> it's funny that we, t- we, we, we always say, man, the, the, the beers that are really dark and complex, we all, we can talk for hours on, but here we're just having trouble describing them in these really dark, complex, crazy beers. Belgian flavors. Um, let me see, let me try this one again. Definitely chocolate tones. You know uh, what it tastes like? Dr. Pepper. Dr. Pepper's mostly cherry, right? Cherry mm-hmm. and cocoa. Oh, it's 27 secret ingredients. <laughs> Try it again. Think Dr. Pepper and take a sip. It's there. Mm-hmm. It, it's one of the flavors there. I mean, it's not like this is Dr. Pepper with alcohol. No, but no. It's, um, it's in there. The flavor's in there. It's, it's really a lot of that cherry mm-hmm. uh, that was, is the primary flavoring for Dr. Pepper. So I'm t- I'm like dial- I'm like zoned in on that flavor. Now I took another sip, and it tastes even more cherry. It tastes like cherry coke. I'm just like targeted <laughs> on that flavor. Um, I remember a friend of mine once described a warm Dr Pepper as tasting like warm yogurt. <laughs> <laughs> okay, it took me a while to get that out of my head when I was drinking Dr Pepper. <laughs> so I hope that I've got some of you infected with that. Yeah. So obviously, lots and lots of cherries in this. And chocolate. I'm definitely getting chocolate there. Like a sweeter chocolate. Like not milk chocolate, though. No, no. It's not quite there. It's more maybe baker's chocolate, maybe... Like a... It's not dark chocolate. Some kind of cocoa somewhere in there. On the aroma, I thought I just smelled like oaky. I was looking for wood, but... Yeah, I mean, I think that the alcohol really contributes to that. It it Mm -hmm. cuts... In a way that's very similar to um, what the aromatic woods smell like, so right, which doesn't surprise me because you can make alcohol out of wood, not an alcohol that you can drink, but you can make a type of alcohol. Right, right. This is good. I don't know if it's as you know, it doesn't quite hit me the same way that the, the triple did mm-hmm. in terms of like the triple was heads and shoulders above the rest of it. Right. This one was just. I mean, it's good. Mm-hmm. And it's uh, it's got you know really decent flavors to it, but it's not like you know, wow. There yeah, you go. It's, it's certainly not wow. 
it's um not quite as multi-sweet as I'd expect for a, a wowish type quad or something like that. The dry, the fl- the cherry flavors are complex and nice, but it's just not that wow. What you got an email from uh, Damon Lewis who uh, had a suggestion. He was wondering if that strange flavor we had from the triples last week had um, anything to do with the corks. If it was a cork beer. Um, there were no corked beers that we had that Yeah, we didn't time. have any corked beers. Then. We have one tonight. It'll be yeah. our last beer. When you say a beer is corked, you're talking about the flavor. It doesn't mean that it's physically sealed with a cork. It means that there was a fungus or something in the cork that ruined the beer. Um, corked wines. Well, a wine that is cork, that was corked is a, a wine that had a funk going on to it from something you got from the cork. But it has to be corked in order to get that. It has to be yeah, a Cajun yeah. corked bottle. Yeah, you're not going to get it from a cap bottle, I don't think. <laughs> Our last beer of the night will be Cajun cork, so we'll see if that works. Now, I've worked out some CO2 on purpose, because you know that's what I do. And it tastes a lot creamier now. I kind of got a texture in my mouth, sort of like, I don't know, skim milk or something like that. The creaminess and... It went well with the cherry flavors and the chocolate, and I kind of... There was a fleeting taste I just had. I'm like, ooh, that's nice. I like that. Cherries and cream. It's like strawberries and cream. That's a good combination. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Try working some out and see what you think, right. right? I will. I'm getting more of the... Um, you coat your tongue better now. I've worked out the CO2, because the CO2 will, like, you know, tear through and clean off your tongue. It's a good beer. There's no disputing that, but I haven't ran into a quad that I dislike. Yeah, there's not that many. <laughs> the neighborhood's not that big. Yeah. I mean, it's such a complex beer, and the their flavors are very strong that they can hide problems. And so you typically will find, mm-hmm. you know, with high alcohol and high flavor beers like quads, they're going to rise to the top of lists all the time because if there are problems in it, they're just going to be disguised. It's easy for a home brewer to make a very hoppy beer, very strong beer. Mm-hmm. I mean, but... We've talked about this before. It's exceedingly hard to make a light, thin-bodied beer, Dortmund or a macro lager, something like that. You can't have any. You can't hide infections in right. there. Right. Everything will come through in something like that. Which is we have to lavish technical praise on the people who do it. Mm-hmm. Technical praise. Technical praise. Absolutely. We uh, upgraded the website this past week, so there's a couple minor features and improvements on it, and other ones that will be coming. There's CAPTCHAs, so when you sign up, it keeps the spammers away. It makes you do a math question. What's a CAPTCHA, you ask? Why, it's an acronym for... Completely Automated Program for Telling Computers and Humans Apart. Exactly. CAPTCHA. Uh, or was it a completely automated public Turing test for telling computers and humans? It's something along those lines. Mm-hmm. It's an idea. I mean, if you may have seen them. If you don't know what they are, like if you sign up for something and you see an image that is kind of... Has the twisted letters yeah. or numbers or colors, and you have to write in what the number it says. It's kind of like that. Ours is a little bit different. Ours has yourself a simple math question. Unfortunately, if you take your time to compose your post, it seems to forget what the answer is and asks you again. It's also that, plus, plus for some reason, I can't. I was trying to fix the website so it didn't do this, but it doesn't give you an option to post right away. You have to preview first. And I don't know whether it saves the same question. Like, a preview mm-hmm. goes through, and then I think it changes the question okay. when you post. I can change it so you can post right away. You, as an administrator, should be able to post right away. No? No. Hmm. Everyone should be able to post right away. Okay. Well, I'll change that. The, the default's the preview before you post. But I've noticed, even with mine, I've um, 
if I take five, ten minutes writing a post, it always gets the math question wrong. And then the second time you hit, you, you hit submit, you know, seconds after it gives you the math question. So I, if I can get around to it, I'll look into the code and see where it's storing the answer. And somehow it's losing the answer if you take too long to answer. It's, it's retarded. <laughs> it's not the hardest capture in the world for a computer to defeat either because it's simply, you know, read for the math No, I think what I'll do is if I start modifying the program is I'll give it a list of beer words, right? So porter, stout, and then it'll just say type this beer word in the box and you know it'll be a one-off captcha so a spammer would actually have to like program for our website and they're not going to take the time to do that so even if it's an exceedingly simple captcha if 100 drupal sites aren't using it it's not going to be defeated by a spammer right so like google can't do that but we can because we don't quite have google's audience right right so our next beer is the number one beer in the world so they say this is the west letter in 12 we've had it before uh it is, well, it's West Flutter and Trout. I mean, it's it's the number one beer in the world, probably because of its availability. It is very not available. They don't sell it anywhere but at the Abbey or at the cafe near the Abbey. If you buy a bottle online or from a friend or from a beer store, it's a black market bottle. The, the monks don't want the beer being sold there. Um, that's one of the main reasons that this is the number one beer in the world because people just can't get it. And it's a good beer. And it pours a really dark brown with sort of uh, brown highlights. It's got about a finger's there worth of creamy a ton. head. I'm going to leave that much in the bottle because there was a ton of funk coming out in the beer. <laughs> mm, like car- caramel uh, aromas. and um, I- I'm really anxious to go back and listen to the our Trappist, our second Trappist show, and we tried this one. Compare our notes, yeah. But really, a lot of caramel notes I'm coming off of the, off of the aroma and, and alcohol. Yeah, yeah, I'm certainly getting the caramel. I'm trying to, like, I was trying to narrow it down. Like, it's not really the roast burnt toffee flavor. It's a, it's a nice, sweet caramel, creamy caramel flavor. Aroma. Maybe a bit of nutmeg or cinnamon in there, too. Wow. <laughs> that is a good beer. It <laughs> is a good beer. You first take a sip, you get a little bit of sweetness, you get a little bit of alcohol, a little bit of CO2. But where this beer shines is as it starts rolling back over your tongue and just spreading out in every direction. Yeah. And giving you these multi flavors and these sweet. sweet. I mean, you get like sweet and, and like we said, caramel over on the side of your mouth and the back you get malty. And- it's very savory. I actually had to stop talking there because my throat just wanted to swallow. It was so savory that my throat was like, swallow now. And there's no, there's no bit of it this without flavor. Like some of these beers have a little bit of an aqueousness, a little wateriness to it. Mm-hmm. Not this one. I mean, it's just every every drop has has a bit of that flavor to it. So it's really, it's really quite good. Oh, okay. Now the the aromas I'm getting off out of my mouth, up through my sinuses. It's some more of the dark fruit that we were having before, but it came across different. It came across as. Oh man, I need to I need to figure out what that was because that was awesome. It might be the tiniest bit oxidized, but for this style, for the style, if, it's okay. If it goes the and, sherry oxidized, yeah. fine. If it goes the cardboard oxidized, then yeah, obviously yeah. It'll, it'll screw it up. You don't want this to get too oxidized, though. I mean, I mean, Dan Shelton was talking about this how mm-hmm. he poured them out, and I could see a beer like this getting to the point where 
Yeah. If Speaking of oxidized yeah. beers, I bought that case of Heavyweights Pacuno's Hammer, the Imperial Porter, when they closed. Had one the other day. It's getting pretty yeah. oxidized pretty fast. I got like 18 bottles left, <laughs> so I need to like get through that stuff. I wanted to savor it for history's reasons, but... It's oxidizing bad. And Victory's going to be making it anyway, so... Yeah, Victory's going to be making it in the V12. I sent a bottle to um, Rick Sellers, not from this case, but from a previous batch, and, you know, they thought it was completely oxidized. Speaking of Rick, he just sent us a boatload of beer. Yeah, we got to thank Rick. Thanks, Rick. <laughs> yep, bunch of West Coast hoppy beers, uh, just trying to, you know, say... Ha ha, you guys, I do Pacific Brew News, and we get to drink all these beers all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Yep. Actually, there's a fair amount of beers that, you know, we can get here. But um, in general, it's, it's much appreciated. There's a bunch of beers I've never heard of, yeah. too. So. I mean, and that's always good. I mean, we really do. I mean, we really do appreciate it, Rick. Thanks a lot. New, for your- new canned beer from a brewery called Caldera. I love canned beers. I mean, it works. It's a great way to store beer. Yeah. But, it, you know, to thank Rick, you know, first of all, thank you. And also listen to his podcast, PacificBrewNews.com. Yep. They just did a show talking. They were uh, drinking Russian River beers, talking about Pliny the Elder and some of the other Mushroom River beers. Wow. So what do you think about the Westie? It maintains its status as as a wow beer and like a, as a really as 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 a the prime example of, of the uh of the style, right? I'm picking I mean, up a little bit of alcohol in the aroma now. I mean the alcohol's coming through. I'm picking up a moderate amount of alcohol, a lot more than just a little bit. I mean it's a fantastic beer. If you can get your hands on it. Any way you can, even if you have to go through black market, it's so good that I would recommend you do it. Now, is it the greatest beer in the world? It, like we said, it's up there. I would say just try to schedule a trip to Belgium sometime. It's well, well worth it, and, and you can try this beer too. It'll it'll top off the, the trip. I'm Who knows? Kinda, it might not even be your favorite beer in Belgium, yeah. though. I wouldn't place a bet that it'd be my There's favorite There's so much beer. caramel here. That's really a like primary flavor mm-hmm. in them. And, it's kind of like um, a candy apple without the apple. <laughs> Let's do a real honest to goodness. What beer am I? Let's do it. We didn't have. Did one. you listen to the show? Yeah, last I did. Week? I, I did hear the... your amendment, <laughs> your addendum that you added on. So, uh, what beer are you, Jeff? Give me some clues. Okay, we just got two clues for this one. All right. I am an, Just two clues. That'll be tough. I am an English amber ale. I am an English amber ale. My mascot is a dog named Chug. My mascot is a dog named Chug. Chug. That's it. If you know what beer that is, send your answer to WBAI at craftbeerradio.com. But we don't want to advocate chugging. It's an English style ale. Just a bulldog named Chug or something. Come on. <laughs> it's Spuds McKenzie, right? No, it's, it's a, Bud Light. No, it's an English bulldog. <laughs> I'm just guessing. Maybe it's a clue. I would assume it's an English bulldog with big jowls. But um, Oh, so it's Red Dog. <laughs> stop it, Greg. <laughs> stop it. You're not that drunk yet. WBAI at craftbeerradio.com. Send in your guesses. Winner gets a lovely limited edition pint glass. It's not really limited. It gets a lovely edition pint glass from East End Brewing Company. By a good friend of good beer. We don't have an answer for last week because we didn't actually do one last week. Whoops. Yep. Oopsies. We tried to do one on the fly and it was retarded. So we had to <laughs> cut it. Um, actually, we're going to have Scott on the uh, air this time in the next couple of weeks. Cool. We're going to be doing 
the long-awaited... We finally got the Uthro Hoppet in the mail. That's one of the beers Rick sent. So now we can do an American Hop Triple Show. Unfortunately, I've had the Oblong Shoof for a very long time. And the Ugly American's hop flavor has faded substantially, Scott says. Really? So we can still do it. He says it's still worth the taste. But um, it's not, you know, a nice, fresh American Hop Triple. If anyone has an Oblong Shoof sitting on the shelf who wants to send it to Craft Beer Radio, hey, we'd take it so we could do a fresh one instead <laughs> of the old one. Maybe next week, maybe the week after, we're going to be doing an American Hop Triple Show with awesome. Scott from East End. Awesome. And we'll have, we can have a lot of questions about what he's been doing at the brewery, stuff like that. And I hope that he can read a what beer am I. Yeah, Just, certainly. You know, him doing it. We'll let him do it. It's, hey, it's his glasses we're giving away, yeah. right? Might be ironic if it was an East End beer. <laughs> now you're thinking. <laughs> Okay, so our very this was the uh, West Letter in Twelve, which we just had. Best sure. beer of, in the world, maybe best beer of the night so far, probably. This is Ecor, a Belgian style quadruple from Sly Fox. They no. also can a lot of their beers, but this one they cage and cork this sucker. Yeah. So you said it was Ecor instead of Icor, and and why is that? What's is Ecor some mythological beast or something? I'm not aware of. Or so basically, Ecor is in Greek mythology. It's the mineral that is the blood of the gods. Nice. <laughs> so we're drinking the blood of the, the gods. The blood of the if gods. If I can get the cork off. Now, you also may have heard it being used as sort of a... Uh, Hold your ears. Here it comes. Maybe. Uh, a little cork. Oh. Yeah, that was a little pop. tiny little pop. You, you, you can also use it to uh, describe a... Um, I've seen it used in video games to describe certain drinks, things like that. Okay, so instead of nectar of the gods, this is the blood of the, the gods. The blood of the gods. And for blood, it's, it's, it's pretty dark. You know, exceedingly dark brown with brown highlights. Again, more to the, to the style than, you, than maybe the Weyerbacher was. Hmm. Nice uh, candy aroma. Yeah, the aroma's sweeter. Yeah, yeah, it's a little bit sweeter. It's not as alcoholic as the Weyerbacher, sweeter than the St. Bernardus, and not as fruity as the uh, West Valletta. Okay. Everyone should know exactly what it smells like now. Smells <laughs> yeah. so like, okay, if you if you poured sugar and water together and mix it up, and then, put a, little, little, and then put, and then put a little vanilla in there, and then put a little bit of uh, of wood in there... And some alcohol, it would kind of smell like that. It has a bit of an oaky smell to it, doesn't it? We have no idea if this beer is oak aged. It probably is not, but um, that's smoother. I mean, it doesn't have as much carbonation. Mm-hmm. It also has kind of a um, more of a stickiness to it. It's got. I don't know if I give it a sticky. It's it's sweet. Yeah, it's got a little bit of cloyingness to it. It's a little. It, it's mm-hmm. staying there a bit. Um, Actually, you know what? Like, my lips are sticky. So maybe it is sticky. <laughs> I feel like I was eating candy or something. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's, it has kind of uh, a sugar solution kind of flavor to it, which isn't necessarily all that... Yeah, no, you're right. I took another awesome. sip, and it, it tastes... This, it's Again, this is a disingenuous term, but, I mean, it had this Kool-Aid reminiscent-type flavor from it. Yeah, I'm not... I'm not digging on this too much, just because it, the more I taste it, the more I taste that kind of sweet, like someone did, mix sugar and water and throw it in there with, with a bunch of ingredients. Yeah, it has a kind of Kool-Aid taste to it, like black che- or uh, like raspberry, blackberry Kool-Aid or something along those lines. Mm-hmm. 
And what that means is, is it's hard for other flavors to come through. When you get that stickiness, that sugary sweetness, that is your primary flavor. It kind of stays in your tongue. And it means that some of the other flavors, some of the more complex flavors, the fruity, the, the darker fruit, it certainly uh, seems the like, caramel, the wood, they don't really come through as much. So it certainly seems like the, the, the maltiness was short-circuited, don't you, wouldn't you say, by this like sugar water? Yeah. Yeah, it, it feels like that's just overpowering everything else and not letting in the other flavors, which I think are there, come through. And it's unfortunate because I think that the, the, there are flavors in here that are good, but they're just really they're significantly overpowered by the sugariness. Too bad, Sly Fox. This is the first one. This is the first Sly Fox beer I think that I haven't really been all that enamored with. Yeah, the um, in the can, the Phoenix Pale Ale didn't really excite me. They have it on draft in Mad Max right now. I like it a lot there. It's a it's just a nice drinker. Nothing too hoppy, but good multi drinker with a little bit of hops to it. I like it on draft lot and I liked it in the can. I don't know. I wanted to do this after the, the West Veteran because I didn't want to favor the, S, the the West Veteran, you know, as uh, oh we're gonna do it last because it's the best. I wanted to, to just throw West Veteran in with the with the mix, but at the same time, it kind of this really pales in comparison to the West Veteran, so I'm not all happy with that decision. <laughs> Oh, here's some great news. I sent you this link. Did you see Yeah, this? yeah, yeah, yeah. Great Divide releases two new beers. Now, we are big fans of Great Divide. Yeah. Even even their Wild Raspberry Ale, which we tasted in the pre-show, didn't suck not that, that bad. bad. So they got two new beers. They have the Hellas... Hades. Or Hades. Belgian style strong golden ale. Sounds good. But the other one I figured you'd be pretty interested in. It's called Samurai. It's an easy-drinking and unique version of unfiltered ale. They brew it with barley and rice. What they're trying to do is they're trying to make a really crisp and clean beer, but still have it be flavorful and like craft beer. I wonder how it compares to the uh, red rice from Hatachino Nest that we had. Yeah, that'd be interesting. I mean, Hitachino, that, that red rice was really unique and kind of gave you a... Uh, I mean, they really used the rice to the full extent they could and mm-hmm. gave you a, a, a great like sake-like flavor. I don't know whether mixing the barley with it will just make it more crisp, kind of like sort of, you know, uh, taking a macro brewer's trick and applying it to a craft beer, which there's nothing wrong with that. I think that you can do uh, an adjunct beer in a, in a craft way as long as you recognize that you're, what you're doing is you're trying to make it still be, you know, good and flavorful and really well done. I don't think just because a beer is brewed with rice means it's bad. Right, absolutely. Here's another story that's on Beer Advocate. Firestone Walker 10, their 10th anniversary beer, is fetching $100 a bottle. This, this is pricing that liquor stores doing, not like private party eBay auctions or something like that, which is very interesting. It seems, I don't know much about Firestone Walker's 10. I do know Firestone Walker is a very well-regarded brewery. They win, you know, best small brew pub of the year last couple of years. Um, yeah, they get so. Yeah, yeah, we'll have to get our hands on some. We don't want any listener to spend a hundred dollars to send us a beer, though. I mean, yeah, send us some ten. But um, speaking <laughs> do of that. speaking of expensive beers, the Sharp Edge Creek House down by where you work, they got a case of two thousand three Vertical Epic, not the super, not the impossible to find two thousand two, but the hard to find two thousand three. They got it a couple of years ago. They didn't sell it. So they put it away. Now they're charging for, charging ninety nine dollars a bottle for Vertical Epic. Really? Yeah. Really? It's people, you know, it's that whole collecting thing. People need the O3 for their collection. 
Someone might pay ninety nine. I I wouldn't pay more than I might twenty pay four, bucks. I might pay forty bucks for it. Maybe a bottle. I pay. Th- I'd pay thirty bucks to get it to try it in the. I paid twenty bucks in Japan for a bottle of West Letter and Twelve, and that's kind of the max that I would pay for. You have a to beer. figure. There's a series of twelve beers. No one's going to get the O2. The O2's million, you know, millions of dollars. I'd pay thirty bucks to forty millions bucks. of dollars. Really? No, but <laughs> come on, let me have my thing. I'd pay thirty to forty bucks for an O3. I think. Why you only get to drink it once? Well, I mean, I guess show, I guess you can say, oh, they, there are bottles of wine that are hundred dollars a bottle, but for, you, I really do think that that's overpaying for a bottle of wine. I have an excuse. I do craft beer radio. I need to do the vertical tasting in another eight, uh, <laughs> five years. <laughs> that means that money people donate to the show in good faith is being spent on a vertical epic O2, a million dollars? No, I'm not gonna, I don't think I'm going to get that much money. If someone sends me enough money to get a vertical epic O2, I'll probably go to Belgium instead. But I don't know what a O2 costs. Probably be several hundred dollars to get a bottle of O2. I want to make sure you know that if you send in a donation to Craft Beer Radio, which is much appreciated, it'll be in good faith, and I will lecture Jeff if he wastes his money on a single bottle of beer for that much money. I probably won't. <laughs> I won't pay ninety nine dollars for an O three. I would say I'd pay thirty to forty dollars, and that's see even th- that to me is is really breaking the bank. That's for that's, beer. that's that's pushing it. Yeah, that's a case of beer, a case of great beer. I know it's pushing it, but for what a seven hundred fifty milliliter bottle 20 or twenty two ounce bomber? I mean, of one beer, that's a stone beer. Besides, I know I'd really be have to think about it, but I was trying to figure out where my top end would be, and it certainly would not be over forty bucks. I think I'd pay up to forty, though. I mean, like I can maybe understand the whole Thomas Hardy's phenomenon, where it's like a hundred fifty year old beer, and you so say you're paying a hundred dollars for it. Phenomenon. But, <laughs> but a, a beer that was just a seven years ago, yeah. five years ago, yeah. four. Okay, fine. I won't buy it, jerk. Yeah. Wearing that shirt with the button all up at the top. You like that? You like that? I got that work today. This is our new hardware platform. It's code name for our new hardware platform we released today. Schwar. A, he, he wears his button-up shirts with the button at the top buttoned and no oh, tie. Everyone wore this shirt today. I was the only guy that had the top button buttoned. Yeah. You, you know why? Because I'm a jackass. <laughs> exactly. You're just like the guys who have who have uh, license plates, with, with the custom license plates. <laughs> Because I decided to button the top shirt, button on my shirt. I always say that you know guys have custom license plates. You know they get whatever name on it. Well, you know I had a good day because yesterday at work, <laughs> it was the day before. I wore my um, Trogs Nugget Nectar shirt, the work shirt you buy. I wore the one that the name tag said Tina. <laughs> so several people asked me about why I had a shirt with Tina on the front. I wish I would have seen you that day, but no. It's like if you have a custom license plate, then it's like you know. Whatever you got on there, you only got it because world's biggest jackass was already taken. <laughs> uh, Fort Collins uh, Brewer, New Belgium. You've heard of New Belgium, right? They opened a new bottling plant. It can fill 700 bottles a minute. Can New Belgium get me um, West Fluttering? Can I get that in New Belgium? Or did I got to go to Old Belgium? You can get Lafalee. Okay, uh, there you go. All right. I don't like Fat Tire that much, though. Yeah. Still gonna try a couple beers That's like good. Skinny Dip. New Belgium's a, a brewery that we can't get. 
hint, hint, wink, wink. So if you have any skinny dip or something, you know, falling off the truck, you know, whatever. I'd almost say, you know, send us beer, not money, because Jeff is going to misappropriate that money and spend it on ridiculous stuff. He's going to buy like a <laughs> craft beer radio private jet. <laughs> Do we need to wrap this thing up? I think so. Okay. Or well, ranking. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, number one is obvious. West uh, Veteran. Number four is obvious. St. Bernardus. Then Weyerbacher. Then Equor. That's yours? Mine's different. Really? Yes. Can I switch these around a bit here? Okay. West Veteran. Then I think Weyerbacher. I think I enjoyed that more than St. Bernardus this time, which was a little bit, which was... Hey, you know, it's uh, unique. And uh, then the Ecor. The Ecor, that sweetness really didn't go for me. The West Flutterin. Hey, I love it. What can you say? It's a great beer. Uh, I just, you know, I remember just really enjoying the quad from Weyerbacher. I mean, <laughs> what are you going to do? It was really enjoyable. I remember the St. Bernardus wasn't as distinctive as I kind of expected it to be. And maybe that hurt me a bit in, in Yeah, in the, uh, uh, the St. Bernardus wasn't up to my expectations. But the Weyerbacher, I ranked higher than the Weyerbacher because the Weyerbacher was a bit thin and alcoholy and didn't have as much malt. So that's why I ranked the St. Bernard's a little bit higher. I kind of felt like if I was in a bar and I had this, the choice, I'd go for Weyerbacher over St. Bernard's. It's a lot cheaper. That is another case. I mean, it's going to be a lot easier to find, a lot cheaper, if you're, especially if you're in America. So give that well, a thought. Pennsylvania. Well, anywhere in America, right? I mean... No, you, if you're in California, you'll be able to find St. Bernard's before you can find Weyerbacher. Maybe quads. that's true. Maybe that's true. Well, Pennsylvania then. Beer Show. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Next week, stand by for the announcement of the uh, Craft Beer Radio second anniversary DVD-ROM. Oh, yes! The, see how big the shows are. It'll either contain the second year's worth of shows or all the shows if they all fit the on shows, a DVD. Every single show. Yep. They might fit. It's going to be the same thing as last year. It'll be a $25 donation. You can download them all for free, but hopefully you find it in your heart to give us 25 bucks. Just like last year, there will be a special show, a, a special show that's only available on the DVD. And uh, we might have some special prizes to give away to people who buy the DVD. Not everyone. There'll be drawings for special prizes. Macaroni pictures? Absolutely. Oh, I can only hope. Oh, I'm going to make some macaroni pictures. <laughs> Finger painting, all that great stuff. Nice. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. Hope you liked our uh, second drunk show in a row. Next week's probably going to be a little bit lighter. Probably. <laughs> I, will, we'll, I don't know if we're going to be continuing our Belgian flight tomorrow, but we will continue our Belgian tomorrow. 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 We can do it tomorrow. I'm going to <laughs> Next week, but we will be continuing our Belgian flight in the future. So we yeah. will have more Belgian yeah, we have starring a, shows. We're going to do a bunch of cleanup shows. we got a bunch of Belgian beers. It's going to be really hard to make them into a style show. Uh, we're probably going to do a Saison, maybe a couple of Flemish Sours, or you know, maybe a Lambic show if we go. I don't have any Lambics here, but but we're going to have some great beers. I have some great Belgian beers. It's just going to be hard to fit them into a style, so we'll be doing yeah. those over the next couple of weeks. But I think a summer show is coming up really soon, because summertime. Yeah. I mean, we'd have to... I don't know how many summer beers I really have in the cellar. Start playing that Joe Satriani song. Yeah, that one. There's actually a Podsafe song about summertime we could play. Well, there you go. All right. Maybe we yeah. can do that instead of uh, instead of our St. Dragon thing. We can, we can substitute a... Yeah, we can do that. It's on the Podsafe music thing. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. Uh, sorry for wasting your time. This is Craft Beer Radio. Party on, everybody.
all for Craft Beer Radio. Send us an email at beer at craftbeerradio.com or check out our website, craftbeerradio.com, for forums and more information. Our music, opening and closing, were Out of Towners by the band St. Dragon, available from the Podsafe Music Network at music.podshow.com. Craft Beer Radio is licensed under the Creative Commons license. Check out craftbeerradio.com for more information. Party on it.